welcome to the Codeplay Culture Podcast, where we discuss tech, gaming, health, and the world around us. Hey everyone, welcome back to Codeplay Culture Podcast. Rui and Logan, today we are joined by Chris Kreuter. And Chris is a jack of many trades who grew up on a steady diet of 80s and 90s science fiction, video games, and uh, drawn to the internet culture. He grew up living his childhood dreams by becoming an engineer and a sci-fi writer. As a writer, he crafts sci-fi novels for kids um, 8 to 13. And as an engineer, he spent two decades uh, as a professional in the public transit industry, focusing on bus and rail vehicles. He also is a host of Chris'll Deal With It, which is a podcast that I personally fell in love with and I'm working my way from the bottom up because, you know, you don't want to ruin an end to a good, you know, podcast don't have an end. But um, also, um, he is a um, hockey fan, player, reads a ton of books uh, and adores podcasts and raises two young girls. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. So. So today, um, basically, Chris, I worked my way through and then I got to like episode five and then I said, I would, I just want to almost like talk to him directly and then basically go back to the, your pod. It's like, it was like an opportunity to be like, Hey, I just want to put it out there that all of the stuff that you've added here is incredibly beneficial for every single person listening. I had that same level of vibes of like the four hour work week of like the things that we can immediately implement. Right. Um, today we're just talking about the whole idea of ideas. Um, I suffer, I think what Rui suffers from and what you suffer from, which is like a mild case of you have a lot of ideas and they're good ones. Right. And they're pretty much all worth doing. So, uh, we're talking about like ROI and prioritization and different categories? Like, is there some uh, tools uh, that you use to like, pri- like if you have an idea, do you write it down right away? And then do you use certain like categories to say, oh, that's a personal one with my family and that has a priority? Like what are some methods and some tools? Yeah, no, so for me, it's very much having an idea capture system. I did a whole episode on just the systems that you can use to have that. Just whatever works for you, right? Some people want a pen and paper. Some people, I use Notion particularly. I used to use Trello for many years. Um, for me, Notion was great because more free form because my ideas fall in so many different categories. It could be a podcast. It could be a novel idea I'm writing on. Just an idea for a name of a character because I heard something sil- you know, silly walking down the street. So ideas can come in so many different, not just formats, but flavors like it could be a small thing a big thing so just having one big bucket that i can evaluate and for me part of the system is just time right it's saying mm-hmm. okay if great example like the new novel i just started writing <clears throat> i it took me a few months to get to that because i had lots of great ideas for what to write a book about but none of them really stuck like do i really want to spend two years of my life writing this no mm-hmm. kind of wait when the idea sticks in your mind you can't stop thinking about it that's when you know you have this kind of momentum like yeah this is an idea that's going to stick and then you start taking these other things, other ideas, maybe from totally separate fields or thoughts and ideas, and you start building up that that case for a project. So the system is very much about you know what goes on inside your head as much as what tools you use. Mm-hmm. But time is a big factor in that for me. Right. It's a real broad yeah. brush, but yeah, like the <laughs> ROI on time, time versus money, like time is 
the only finite uh, resource, meaning that like we could have infinite fictitious currency or whatever, but like you, unless you can add more, like if you've seen that Justin Timberlake movie in time where it's the mm-hmm. currency, uh, yeah. that's like worth seeing where, uh, you know, you would basically see Jeff Bezos's arm and it would be a bunch of numbers on it. And if you, he pays for things by like touching. And then once you're out of time, you, you die instantly, right? It's a whole time and money thing of like, that's a good way of looking at it for ROI because people say ROI uh, conceptually mm-hmm. as investment, as in financial, even though investment could be taken as time investment, right? But people, I think just off the top of their head, think of ROI as financial. But if you think about it as a time, as time being the ultimate currency, uh, then if I'm going to put this to, in my life for two years, the you know a book, I have all the ideas. Um, what is the R? Does it give me time back, or is time my the resource I want? So it's almost like identifying what is the proper ROI um, measure, like whether it's time, money, <laughs> or whatever it is, and then prioritizing that. Um, well, so the two buckets, right? You are you talking about the R? Are you talking about the I? Right. You're, That's true are you, too. Are you focusing on the returns? Are you focusing on the investment you're putting into it? Yes, because yes, those are like two individual buckets that could be either or, like an investment uh, as a sorry currency in, currency out, time in, currency out. It's like a standard formula for time in, time out. In, lots of ways. Yeah. In. Yeah. Yeah. When it yeah, comes so, to to um and time. An investment there's nothing worth your time that that to me is like the the most valuable resource so everything should mm-hmm. be put aside for you know um, in regards to our time right we have mm-hmm. to kind of cherish that that should be the the top layer of the um of whatever chain that is yeah like for, right? for example ask yourself hey um this two days of let's say we're, we're coding something Rui and we like, we lock our doors and we're not, we tell our kiddos that like, we will not see you for two days. Yeah. I'll be in the basement, but it'll be like, whatever, like whatever it is, we ask ourselves like, Hey, is it worth the time investment away from ultimately the kids? Right. Cause that's where I bring it down to it. It it never is. And I, I even feel guilty sometimes on like going to, you know, skate park. I'm like, if, if I bring cold, but if I don't bring, you know, my daughter, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I should really always be with them, but then bringing it back rationally. I know I'm on that one of those tangents. It's like working from home. You, you see them way more than if you went in the office. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, all things being considered, I see them a lot more than, you know, how I saw my dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, so with one of the questions for, you know, ideas for return on investment is like, what is your most valuable asset or what you're trying to maximize? Like if you're financially set and you don't need the money, maybe you don't really can sit you're just like hey um you know wake up every day if you can do whatever you want what would that look like maybe starting there and then that kind of piggybacks into like your most important return if mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah i mean i think it depends a lot on how you're defining the return too right if you try to yeah. use it in terms of there are certain tasks and ideas that hey listen if i code this and it'll save me 15 minutes a day, there's a definitive return on investment, right? Mm-hmm. If it take me 50 hours to code that, like, eh, is it worth it? 
Whereas there's yeah. a five minute code fix, all of a sudden, boom, 15 minutes a day back in my day. There's a very clear delineation. But, you know, right. for me, it would, for certain, like, especially creative projects, even work related mm-hmm. ones, I mean, I work to live, right? I work to provide for my family. But, yeah. you know, with, with the projects, I don't, if you go into it just to make a lot of money, it's not going to, it's usually not going to work right. out. There are very few authors that are full time writers, just the yeah. way it is, right? Um, I used to be a board game publisher. Same thing. The joke was the best way to start make a small fortune in board games to start with a large fortune. Like that was just like mm-hmm. running. It wasn't even a joke, really. It was reality. <laughs> but if you're creating these, stuff, has a monopoly or whatever. So they yeah, just no, no, there, the word there, monopoly. There's exceptions to every rule. There's 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 returns that you're not going to expect, right? Right. Like, yeah, I, I published board games, but like I learned graphic design through that process. Like you just didn't you don't realize until years later. But the reason you might go into a project, it might be to leave something, the best parts of yourself behind for the of future. Course, of course. Right? Oh, Absolutely. yeah, that's true. It's, so it's like passion thing. first, right? Like you have oh, to be yeah. passionate about the time investment or it's just kind of prison. Yeah. 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 And you, you, I can go into a project like I'm going to put my best thought out there, like the podcast, like, you know, I want to put this thought out there to help people, but like I realize that you're going into it, you're actually building up on something, and and that return can take different forms over a longer time time scale, and you you have to kind of get comfortable with the fact that you're not going to see all the possible returns. Yes, right? for sure. So if you go into it saying, okay, well, what's your, what's your minimum viable threshold for a successful ROI? You know, it has to be at least something in it tangible in the near future to keep the momentum going on the project, right? If mm-hmm. I was doing it just based on views, I would have stopped at episode three or four, right? right um, this right. isn't successful, right? If I said, no, I'm going to build up to something. I'm going to learn this craft. And it's going to take a... I know because I'm not good, great at marketing. It's my biggest flaw, right? I'm going to learn this process. I'm going to work on my podcast game. I'm going to find my voice. And also with like, the content that I'm building, like, I can take that and then put it to a book or something down the road. Like there's addition. I'm realizing there's more avenues I can take it. The more I practice and get good at a skill. So not everything has to have this concrete, like I have to make this or it's going to be a failure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. The, I do the same thing. I blindly hide behind my intentions and I have a whole like idea about this thing called mm-hmm. GP or God points where it's like kind of like, it's just a, almost like a word for karma. Right. So if you like put you, what you're doing and what we're doing right now is we're putting this out like, you know, view counts on ours is very, very, very low. We're not, we, we love doing it. Right. Rui and I, and like, mm-hmm. and we're doing it with the sole intent of helping others. Right. And that will, this podcast here, like granted, there's no, you know, our, we have a clean, like nothing said that, you know, that will generate negative GP. Like this will give us one each. Okay. And you can imagine it's like a video game in the corner. You did something nice. You helped an old lady across the street. You got one GP, right? It's, uh, but GP is interesting because you can't spend it. it. It will it will spend on its own in the weirdest ways. You can't go and just uh, take out 10 and like get a Ferrari or whatever it is, right? It just auto spends and it's infectious and grows over time and establishes this positive culture. Um, I realized that like, okay, well, when I die and my kids are like checking out uh, YouTube, like I want it to be a whole bunch of like how to do this. And it's basically just um, that whole, okay, technology tough, right? So here's an easy way to do this, giving people time back uh, so they can be with their families, so they can be more efficient and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff. But I often find it's kind of interesting to think if there is like an overlay 
just like an AR uh, overlay in the world, be like, oh, that guy just that guy just lost 10 GP. What do he do? Like, I think he just threw something at his mom. Like, oh, mm-hmm. God. like it, it would be a kind of a better like Elon should turn that on for this simulation. Like as soon as he whatever. But that'd be kind of cool to make more of a video game like aspect of reality in some way to like, you know. Yeah, but then you're also getting that filtered through other people's perceptions too, right? I have yes. I get this a lot, like, oh, like, you know, writing a book is a lot. I'm like, yeah, I know. And and then when they hear what I get out of it, it's almost like, well, that's a lot of work to get that. I'm like, well, that's what matters mm-hmm. to me, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that, like that, sure. the example of the, of the AR overlay, right? Like maybe he threw something at his mom because his mom threw it at him, right? Like there could be a yeah. context that you don't know. And, and yeah. you know, it, everyone's yeah, going to see sure. it through a different lens. And yeah. so, right. you know, there are some people. For sure. hmm? It would cause hate for sure. An AI overlay, because if you if you show bank accounts like or see the ups and downs of like karma, like right like that, it would just cause divisions, I think. And that's yeah, human and Car- nature, man. Hmm? Ahead, that's sorry. human nature, no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, exactly. That's human nature. But uh, yeah, going back to the, the primary motivator. So I self-published a book on on Amazon uh, KDP. And my only motivator for publishing this this self-publishing this book was to leave for my my son. It was a book on how to teach kids how to speak in Latin as cartoon characters. That was my only motivator. It was just for that reason alone. Um, anything else is just a byproduct of of that. So that Latin? was my yeah, a little bit, yeah. That's awesome. Not super fluent, but I do <laughs> I can I can easily get by and have a conversation, yeah. Awesome. And I want my son to to learn the language too, right? And I'm um, hoping through the book. So he's interested and that book got him interested. So it's, it was a stepping stone. Uh, obviously, it's a little kid's book and the words are very uh, basic, but yeah, that a good was my book. motivator. And yeah, uh, you reviewed Luna, <laughs> Thanks, right? Uh, Luna learns Latin. And yeah. that's what I named my Tesla, <laughs> like Luna. <laughs> and then like, yeah. anyhow, uh, what? And I'm, I hate saying that word, but like, because it's all black, it's like uh, the cat from sailor moon or whatever i think mm-hmm. but i love that word luna i often wanted to have some kind of like a dark gothic chart based web app yeah. called luna which just yeah. the the crescent moon was like half a pie chart with some kind of like simple ux mm-hmm. but like marketing that's like pretty straightforward like i love that word luna, luna is, it just means moon in latin right okay yeah that's, that's how you yeah, say moon that's... in latin yeah one of my kids has that as their name, part of their name. So, oh, there we go. <laughs> now all the, uh, I guess the, uh, that part, that sliver, uh, crescents are now connected, and now it's a full moon because it's like three come mm-hmm. together. It's like one of third. Um, there's my fraction joke, or whatever. Um, <laughs> help bring me back because I'm like gone at this you got, point. You got a third oh, of a yeah. chuckle, so that's good. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I got the uh, social. Uh, um, but yeah, so. Latin. Yeah, go, yeah, going back to the yeah, going back to the motivators. Yeah, that's my motivator. I want to leave something to your point, Logan. Too, you want to leave something behind for your kids to see. Say, this is um, you know, this is how tos, or this is what you know my dad left, and something for them when you're not on this planet anymore, and maybe for your grandkids too, of course. Yeah. So figure out what your primary like return will be. Like, right. ho- hopefully, it's happiness, right? Why do you do that? Because you want to be happy, and actually, the more happy you get, like I. Like a skateboard, I fall, I break stuff or whatever. I'm like, it's very hard to go to. I, I got into it because I'm like nervous as heck. And I wanted mm-hmm. some exposure therapy. 
And then I just fell in love um, with, I guess, getting over fears, if that makes sense, or become an introvert becoming an extrovert. It's the same reason, right, Chris? Like you, you love writing. It's your passion. When you put together probably like just even like a seven word sentence that is like uh, so uh, uh, packed with information, like phonically and like it's like understood. It's such an art. I can't even imagine uh, how that passion could feel. But when you write, like you're in the zone, you love it. It brings ROI back to your life when you're happier through expression of your art. Yeah, but there's times where it sucks, right? Mm -hmm. I think it also part of this is what are the stakes, right? I, I mean, I don't, when I write, I can write and put my best thought out there and I can take the time to edit it down, right? There's not, Food on a family's table doesn't ride on how well of a sentence I write. The better right. a sentence, like, you know, maybe, maybe it'll pay more dividends. I want to put my best thought out there and that's the motivator. But if yeah. I had to write for a living, I would write in a very different way, right? I'd be mm. writing very different books. I'd be ghostwriting. I'd be doing, right. and it would cease to be a passion, right? Yeah. Or it could, it runs the risk, right? When, when the stakes are right. different. So I think part of the ROI on any idea, you know, it's, it's how, what are the stakes? Could mm-hmm. could distributing this idea be damaging to society? Could it be damaging to a reputation? Could, mm-hmm. It could be as simple as like I have an idea to write this social media post that three years later stops me from getting a job, right? Yeah. It could be there's lots of stakes that have to factor into that math. It's, mm-hmm. it's not always it's not always an equation, but yeah, um, my daughter is actively and my son too. They're actively practicing kindness, which I am. I don't really push them into that, but they, that's something that they try to work on, which is like humbling as heck, but sometimes they will say things that are very kind to one. And I, I say, Hey, uh, you know, did you notice that when you said that it might've been inferred by this person like this, even though you're complimenting that person, the whole idea of the, okay. Um, oh, this is really nice. Uh, so you're not going to think of the splash damage effect, right? Uh, you know, you want to think of something as uh, do no harm. Uh, don't be like, oh, it's it's good for that person. Oh, it's harming everyone else around. It's it's very interesting to think of that. Um, you know, it's and it's very or is the like I meditate. I'm like a secular Buddhist. So I don't practice any of that stuff. I'm not like religious. I just meditate. But one of the cool quotes was like, um, they try to try to wake up, get to the end of the day by not hurting something. It's impossible. So you will. If you don't get out of your room, someone will be upset that they think that you're upset at them. You can't mm-hmm. hide from it. Uh, you just have to try to harm reduction or have less har- harmful speech. That's the whole thing of like, is what you're doing good for everyone? Does it have the least harm? Is it making you most happy? And I think that it's just an equation. Like it's not some, I don't think it's a pie in the sky thing that can't be put mathematically expressed. Like I think maximum, like what we're talking about here for cause it's, I don't know, but I don't think there's, maybe there's a lot of equations that factor in harm reduction of (laughs) like that kind of stuff. But uh, like, if you think about it, you just add up the totals and like, say this one is great. Everyone gets time back. No one gets harmed. It's ethical. Uh, It won't take too long to do it. And I'm going to have a fun time doing it as well. Like that seems like pretty that and that could be an idea that i would prioritize you know it's like it's self it's it's cyclical in its reference um but yeah so like do you ever weigh 
um, by category. Cause I have, I always have guilt of like, Oh, I'm working too much. I should be with the family or I'm, I'm, you know, I should, um, or I've been with the family too much. I should, you know, like all of this, you ever have the guilt between categories where I'm like, Oh, I haven't done, I haven't helped out in that. You know, it's very difficult to like, you have to provide, but at the same time, when you provide your, you don't provide, you know, you don't provide your presence, but you yeah. provide your, I mean, I yeah. think it's also understanding the time scale, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's times we have to be opportunistic. You can't always predict what, where you're going to, especially when you have kids, right? You can't yeah. predict how you're going to be able to spend your time or what's going to happen. You know, if you can have yep. someone be sick, something can come up. So, you know, one project can all of a sudden go off the rails and you're, you're dedicated to that. So you have to maintain flexibility if you're, if you're working on multiple ideas. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also understanding how flexible would an idea be, right? If like, if your idea is to become the world's greatest skateboarder, well, you better be mm-hmm. setting aside multiple hours per day to be yeah. getting better. Like you just, you just, the only way to get better is to do the thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you want to try to set like expectations. Okay. Well, get, getting into writing habit. But if you say, if, if I don't write a thousand words a day, I'm a failure. Like that's not achievable. There are day, like yeah. there's more to writing than just putting words on paper. I can write a thousand words in a second. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, it's a thousand words. They just, they, they're garbage. Mm. So there, it depends on if there's more of an art to it. Is it something where you just have to put in the time, the 10,000 hours or whatever to get better at something. Yeah. But, you know, understanding that, all right, I can fit this into my other commitments. It can be flexible, but mm-hmm. I, you know, it might be something where I, there's phases of a project where that, that commitment looks different. Like right now it's a lot of like for the last month or so, it's been idea generation for the writing, right? I had to figure yeah. out the plot, figure out the characters, figure out I, I'm, I have to do a deep dive into blockchain. I actually need someone. I actually need someone who actually knows Latin for part of for part of this project, right? So, like, nice. you know, you start pulling in resources. Your brain starts thinking a little bit differently because you're making connections that you never made before in the context of your project. Mm-hmm. And so that phase one, and then you get to the actual writing. You're you're, ta- you're taking advantage of that research, but you can be a little more. It maybe. There's no fine line of exactly when you have to do that unless there's a, a stake involved. Like I need to have a novel to my agent by this date. Like your process right. is so different. Yeah. But I mean, it ter- do you guys have similar sorts of systems? I mean, I'm, I know I'm talking from a very literary standpoint, but this could apply from, from other types of projects. Yes. How do you make those, sure. those scale determinations? Um, I, I honestly, it's, it's hard to, to quantify, you know, scale. Um, I do get obsessed when I do something and, I always see it through until it's done. I don't, yeah, I get obsessed and my, my scale is basically it's a roller coaster. There, there's no, um, it's just up, up and down, man. <laughs> it's a, I like the obsession, obsession just though. takes me. Right. That's, that's a great way to phrase it. So just sometimes you just, you just can't let it go. You're like, yeah, I'm that kind of person. It's my personality, but, um, I always wonder like, how do you maximize, how do you write for a wider audience to, to like get that, ROI when you're writing, right? Because isn't there like um, a creative barrier when you're thinking about return on investment when it comes to writing? There can be. I, I think like, it's what stops a lot of people from thinking they can't do something. They're like, mm. again, they, their definition of success is based on, and I think I think it's it become harder because we're we're in this era now where everyone's surrounded by experts. You can go to YouTube right now and find and and yeah. hear directly from the world's greatest writers. Mm-hmm. And it can be a limiter if you feel like, all right, well, I'm not going to be able to write the great American novel. And, and it stops you right dead in your tracks. Right. 
so you also have to you also have to realize where you are with the skill right mm-hmm. it, you know the book i'm writing i'm starting to write now is going to be better than the first books that i sell end up self publishing cuz i couldn't get an agent like I'm now book 5 is going to be better than book 1 it doesn't make book 1 any worse right and there's Absolutely, nothing stopping yeah. from going back and rewriting but then you're perpetually editing like what are mm-hmm. you trying to create now, it's almost like I, I can see my progression as a writer from the first Rainy River Bees book in 2016 through to the first one I published anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And it took me 10 years to get to that point. Right. So I don't know if it's a really great answer to your question per se, but I think it's – you want to at least think about the commitments that you're making, right? It takes a lot to mm-hmm. write a full book, right? And and yeah. if I really wanted to be a writer, but I wanted maybe a quicker iterative process, there's a lot of writers that'll start with short stories, work up to a novella mm-hmm. length, right? Which is like 20 right. or 40,000 words, which is now a burgeoning market that really wasn't there 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be something where I, I prefer to write at novel length because I can, I can really, I like having a spread out ply. I like having, a, I'm an engineer by trade, right? So for me, I can, I can visualize, I need to see the whole thing and right. I like to really pack a lot into into that. Mm-hmm. Um, short stories I've just I've struggled with because I, you know, even though I can write good sentences, but maybe I'll revisit at some point. It's just I like I prefer to do it over more time. I, quality over quantity, mm-hmm. but it's a personal choice. Right. Yeah, short stories are, are a bit challenging, right? To get them good and to get them right in such a short span, right? Yeah, um, and it's not really a tangible product. And not that I'm in it for to making money, but I, I like to produce something. I, I have a lot of friends that are very prolific short story writers, like trying to go find the one issue of this magazine that came out this one month that has a small print run to read this story or they're posting it online where they're not, it's not, there's no real avenue for that to generate a lot of revenue. Mm-hmm. It may get them critical acclaim, which then might get them an agent, which might, you know, and they'll get some pro mm-hmm. rates, but it's it's very short term. But if right. you're building a career and listen, if I had to make money being a writer, I, I, I pursue other avenues like that. For me, mm-hmm. it's not about making money. It's like my best thought comes out better in a longer format. Yeah. You know, uh, I, can I would say with the YouTube shorts, for example, the 16.6 million video that I had, that was just by chance luck. It blew up. They pushed it. It went into like an online magazine. I was super humbled. I asked the kids, Hey, can I please keep this up? Is this okay? Check with your, you know, it was like, it was all kindness. It was all accidental. Um, that took subscribers on YouTube shorts from like, like I think a hundred to 20,000. Right. But the money that I got from 16.6 million was about 600 bucks over, um, probably a year. Right. But now if a, I have one video, that's how to put a SIM card into a laptop and that's 1.2 million views, long-term content, as opposed to a, a, a short getting back mm-hmm. to short stories and long form. And that yeah. video alone, I think has brought in like, I would say six grand in revenue and it's like a grand a year. Right. Nice. So I would say that, you know, if it's relatable, the long form content is really good for uh, learning and actually well uh, expressing a well thought out something that would be helpful. Um, mm-hmm. And then the short one is good for uh, a quick audience gain, you know, like almost like yeah. viral ability or like, uh, and if you pop viral for kindness, you're, it, you're, you're so blessed because you know, I tried after to do like, it's like, no. And I, I ended up deleting all of these videos because 
I like, I'm like, can I do that again? It's like, no, it happened because it just happened. And that's it. Mm -hmm. If you chase it, you're going to be one of those Island boys or not. If there's anything wrong with that, I'm just that that's always chasing view count. And like, I don't want, that's very toxic. That kind of culture of that. And like, but I can tell you like when that pop happens and you're, you know, getting calls from random people, like, Hey, I saw your thing is like, it, it is very addictive. So you can see how Mm -hmm. that could like, uh, uh, psychologically damage someone if it continues to happen, like down like some right. kind of um, what path. Um, but I, 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 I think it very true for yours. Like short stories, like like you said, will probably I, pop for the audience a lot, but then it won't actually have long term. Um, and yeah, on that account, that twenty thousand, I lose a hundred every single week. So it's go- gone down to eighteen thousand, and I'm like. I realized why it's because that's how it works. It's like, if you're not, and then it will continue to go down because of whatever, but there's no real, it's, yeah, it's weird that that it'll pop up. Um, I had a couple on TikTok that went, oh, from hundred to now 25,000. And then it went up to 45,000 and then it went down to 41 and it stayed there. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. either they well, hid the unsubscribe button in like that in the UI on that versus it's easier in YouTube, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, 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 I've changed my expectations from certain, especially with the marketing, right? I, there's elements of projects that, you, you know, that's marketing. I, I don't like having to go out and promote the books. Like I'm not running around mm. trying to pitch my book to every single person. Like I self-publish yeah. it out there. You can go buy it in all these different channels. You know, I've made it available, but mm. I had so many people give me this advice. We got to get on social media. You got to spend two hours a day. I'm like, I'm yeah, not doing no. that. They're, yeah, exactly. Mm. Like I'm chasing, I'm chasing this like virality and I'm getting content. I, I made some great connections because of it, but I'm like, mm. I'm investing too much of my time. Like my goal yeah. here is to become a better writer, get more of my thoughts out in the world. If I die, mm soon like the next day year month whatever like i want to keep producing great content and maybe that means that i'm not selling as many books i know i'm not selling as many books because i'm not out there on social media it's probably stopping me from getting a a, a literary agent as quickly as i'd probably like but i'd rather find the right person treat people the right way over a long enough time scale good things will happen but all the hours i could have put on social media since i launched and i I was on instagram and all that stuff for a while i did it and it's a money. It's a time and money suck. There was no return yeah. on that investment. It is for sure. It is. So, but it was also the type of content I was creating. That my intent, like my 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 original goal, was to get my best thought out there in the world. It wasn't yeah. to make a ton of money. Again, if it was to make a ton of money, I would be marketing very different. I, mm. I would. I my my the whole framework I'd use to make that the determination. I'm going to get off social media and just focus on writing. Mm-hmm. And and for so, me, that was a good trade off, and that's what works yeah. for me. Yeah. But you may also want to look at, you know, going back to the ROI, the topic of, of the pod is, is the investments don't always have to be your own, right? If you understand the scope of an idea, like this idea is great. I know I can get this idea 80% of the way there to get it to a hundred. I'm going to need help in this area, right? Whether it be, mm-hmm. I need some help with coding. I need some help with marketing. Um, so I know I'm going to have to invest a different resource time, usually money, right. Mm-hmm. Or, or time if I was going to do it myself, but like, Hey, I could spend five hours a month or a week doing the marketing for this, or I can just pay somebody and not have that burden. And like, I could spend those five hours doing this other idea or 
making making the product better um, because it, so it, it's I think I, idea taking the idea and breaking it out into all of its components mm-hmm. and really taking a strong evaluation before you get started. You can mm-hmm. you can reevaluate and, and change on the fly, but like before I go into a book, I'm like, listen, like do, again, do I want to spend two years writing this? The intent of this one is, hey, this is your level up, like the one I just finished. Like I gave it to people, like I do every other book, and like, hey, this is your level up novel. Don't self publish this one. All right, well, like that changed my framework. I'm going to have to go in and build a system now and put time and effort into finding a literary agent, and that's a mm-hmm. very different type of task. It, but it's part mm-hmm. of being an author. It's part of taking that next step, but I wouldn't be at that step if I hadn't had the mindset that I had of let me just write good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I know I keep coming back to the literary side. This is more general an idea, so I don't yeah. want to. I think it's true of any idea, like the podcast, right? You guys had this, so maybe you guys talk a bit about how you had the idea for the podcast and why you decided to pull the trigger. That's a great question, Rui. It was uh, your idea for the longest time, and I had it too, but we never talked about it for probably a year like yeah. we never I mean, knew right it was almost like that seinfeld realization where they're sitting in the coffee shop and they're talking about a show show about nothing and this is the show so we were in uh, your basement and we were just you know talking and uh we kind of talked about doing a podcast this could be a podcast this is a podcast <laughs> what's the podcast yeah. about this is what it's about right so it's yeah. like that seinfeld moment uh we had so that's when it started um, what a year ago now was it? Yeah. Yeah. And y- yeah. you had, uh, you were just like, you've been wanting to do it for a long time. It's like, I've been wanting to, do- it's like, I didn't want to ask you cause I know how hard we're both working in all mm-hmm. of the different areas. So I was like, I felt guilty. I was like, no, I don't. But like, as like, I'm so glad you brought it up. Right. Like I, yeah. I have been, uh, it's been marinating in my head as an idea mm-hmm. for so long. Uh, because of the things that we talk about, it should not be like in a vacuum. It it could help other right. people, right? Right. Plus, it helps me. Like, I'm not the best public speaker, or or you know, I'm not the best on camera or microphone. So this kind of helps me. It's been helping me, you know, learn how to uh, properly speak on uh, on camera on a microphone. I typically wouldn't. This I would avoid all this, right? So, kind of getting me out of my out of my shell, so to speak. It's like you're skateboarding. Yeah, skateboarding, man. As soon as I got on that skateboard at your place, man, <laughs> that was that was awesome. I've been that was my uh, first got, time on, on a board. I got a surprise for you, but now that I've said that, it's not a surprise, but oh. surprise. <laughs> but anyways, like, well, that's like very cryptic, but I think like um, but dude, I was like watching, I was like, wow, you're actually like legit liking that. I was like, oh, oh my god, it's, fun, it, it's crazy to think of um uh, okay, so can, I guess can we I guess, uh, bring me back down to earth, Chris, if I go off, but like, can we blindly agree that if you just focus on the money, you'll never do what you want. You'll never be happy. Like if you woke up, if everyone just on the planet, boom, 10 million, uh, us dollars in their account, they never have to do anything. They're set. Um, and they can, they're like, Oh, I can do anything I want every day for the rest of my life. If you mentally can like metaphorically put yourself in that place and start there, like it was true. And then, you know, write for passion, skateboard for passion, you know, everything that you do for passion, Rui, I know you have many, um, but is that not the formula for true happiness? Like we shouldn't judge the, the ROI on like 
what makes sense from capitalism perspective, right? right? Like none of that stuff is actually like, it's good for them or whatever. It makes money, whatever that means. It doesn't make anyone happier, healthier, better. Like if it's not, you know, right. like, is that a good blind statement or is that just too grandiose to be that, um, you know? I think it's funny because I've had this conversation a lot. It's like I would love for Disney, Mar- I guess Disney owns Marvel. No, Disney owns everybody. Uh, I'd love for a big Hollywood studio to come up to me and say, hey, we want to turn the Rainy River Beast trilogy to movies. Great. Br- pull up the Brinks truck. Um, yeah. it's gonna, uh, I'm all for I'm all for the capitalism side of it. Like, it'd be, it'd be great for a sudden ROI that I didn't ex- return on that investment of time I spent, right? Yeah. But I'd only get there if I treated, again, treating people the right way over a long enough time scale, right? If I'm... I, I could be at an event and I could be, you know, this kid can ask me a question I can I don't really like and I can just kind of blow it off. And you don't know that person we sit in the room or I can take my time and focus on the one kid with my original intention and he overhears that and sees the passion, right? You never know who's looking or who's watching. So, right. but if you do it because you're trying to just look good, which I think yeah. is a lot of social media, yeah. it's not, it's not exactly. a job done. Mm, for sure. Just, just be honest, be yourself, be true to yourself. And that's, that's why I've pushed back on the social media side, not to revisit that. But... Yeah. Going back to the Brinks truck for the movie, part yes, money is good. I can I I could do more things in my family. I I would that would be a huge level up for my career and give me the opportunity to work on more ambitious projects because I'd have more time to devote to this passion that I have. Right, it's a side mm-hmm. hustle. Like it's getting up at five five fifteen in the morning to write for an hour before the kids wake up. But so being able to do that more would be awesome. But more importantly. The best, one of the best pieces of myself, right? My, again, I'll go back to the the first Rainy Root Bees book, which was as much my love letter to hockey as the book I would have loved as a nine or 10 year old kid. I had a lot of deep seated reasons for writing that novel. It's going to go influence so many more kids. Mm-hmm. That's, that's above the money. And it can, you, it's a nice thing to say, but it's it truly how I feel. And again, that's my lens. That's not somebody else's. Again, the money is great because it empowers and enables other things. Right. right. Yeah. Right. It's like a um, gift. I, uh, great power comes great responsibility. And also, like, uh, again, the time scale, right? Like for mm-hmm. me, like I'd love to be able to retire from my day job, but mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm ever going to, f- what's great. It depends on what you're doing, right? If you're a skateboarder, yeah. I think when you're 80, 85, it's going to be hard to do. I mean, Tony yeah. Hawk's kind of setting the yeah. bar pretty high. Yep. Um, but like, I guess just, a, but writing, Certain idea, your ideas can shift as you get older, but yeah. I, it's kind of the one creative thing that's really stuck. I mean, it's been 15 years of this, but it's something I can do when I'm 90, 95, if, I, if I'm yeah. lucky enough to live that long. Yes, because the right, body right. deteriorates a little bit faster than but the mind. I, I want to continue to get better and improve as a writer, and, and yeah. not everyone gets that opportunity. So mm-hmm. even now, like again, why I'm more choosy about my ideas right now is saying, listen, let's assume this is the last book I ever get to write. If I'm lucky enough to live long to finish this book, go through all the editing revisions, all the hard work, but let me pretend this is the last book. So out of all the ideas and things I had idea, like, all right, this is the one that I really, this is a message I want to say. And there's a lot more passion behind it. And like, this is the, the one I'm writing. This is my last book. Now, when I'm done with that one, I'm going to do that again. What's, if this is going to be my last book, what, is, what do I want to put into the world? Mm-hmm. Do you, Should I do get you like, a bus? do you have, what is it called? Not, not a mantra, but like, uh, and do you have, do you use like an affirmation like that going into anything? Like, for example, this is the last 
customer interaction I'll ever have before I get hit by, or this is the last, I know they say live every day, like it's last, but that's too vague to actually be impactful where you're like, you could almost like, uh, uh, not mantra. What's it called? A affirm that you're like, um, this is going to be like the, the, the last thing that I will do as a project, as a whatever to leave my legacy. So like, imagine that conversation with that kid, right? You're saying hypothetically, this will be the last thing that I say to a human, right? It's like, basically, this is the last time. It's so motivational to think of it like that because you're like, but also it's uh, pretty burdening on you to always think, holy crap, this is, I have to put everything into this, like, you know. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely a, a whole sidetrack that you can go down with terms of stoicism, in terms of a philosophy and approach towards life. Right. Yeah. And, but I think from a in terms of mantra, the word I use is principles. Mm-hmm. I'm actually doing a whole series on, on uh, not to keep plugging my podcast, but I'm in the middle of my summer series of like, I went through a, a process a few years ago of wanting to reevaluate my life and what I was spending my time on, right? What framework am I using for things like ROI or what do I pursue as an idea? What mm-hmm. framework am I using for my years, months, quarter, whatever you want to do, right? But it really boils down to the, all I have is a code of principles and these 13 principles I've have stuck with me. I've, I've changed I changed the last one one time. Um, they've really stuck. And it just enables me to say, you know, listen, these are asp- these are aspirational. On a day-to-day basis, like I can be a jerk sometimes. Like I can, I can have, I'll have my moments where I don't live up to that principle. But if I regularly remind myself, I will continue to improve, right? Mm-hmm. So one of them is just create beneficial things with passion. That's It's right. vague enough where you don't feel like I, I have to, you know, I have to be stoic. I have to be perfect. I have to treat every person like it's the last, the last time I'm ever going to see them because that could that, that there is a deep end there. Mm-hmm. But I have this this mentality that I that can mold to. It's a framework to help me make decisions, but it's also a framework to help me finish them, finish things, yeah. or give me permission to change course. Mm-hmm. But like to be like susceptible to interruption without you know like breaking flow and like all of that stuff. Yeah, but um, it's also how, how well your skills developed, right? I mean, mm-hmm. just to go back to, for me, it's like, I, I, for, let's say from a listener's perspective, right? There's probably, a, there might be a listener who has always dreamt about writing a novel, right? If you go into the expectation that, listen, just write the book. Writers write. Don't use somebody else's framework for success, right? And after you write that, like after you write that book, Try editing like by going through the process and putting yourself out there a bit. You start making connections with people that give you more perspective, right? A lot of what I'm saying now, 15 years in, I'm regurgitating input from hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Whether it be a a beta reader, whether it be a mentor, whether it be someone I heard talk at a panel at at a recent convention, right? Like the 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 phrase "writing is my best thought." Is so central to me as a writer now, but I heard it from my mentor, one of my best friends, mm-hmm. and whose whose career is skyrocketing. And it's been great to see. And you you get bits and pieces from people as you do things. So understand, you know, to our for our virtual listener here, like your return on investment right now on this first project might be really small. You just mm-hmm. you did a thing. Congratulations. It mm-hmm. might suck. Right. <laughs> it's okay. You made up. You wrote a thing. Now a you, you, it's a stepping stone, exactly. Mm-hmm. And 
if you keep, and if you're still passionate about it, and if you're and if you're a, your principles uh, from from my friend, if my principles are aligned with what I'm doing, I should have a very healthy mental framework to continue on that path, or decide, you know what, I wrote the thing and I hated it. I hated the process. I don't like editing. I don't like marketing. Whatever it is, I don't like skateboarding. Right. Or you fall in we'll, love with it, and all of a sudden, we'll, like we'll see about to... that. We'll see about that. But you again, podcasting, right? It's kind yeah. of addictive, but it does, it there's a reason why. What's the percentage? Like ninety percent of podcasts fail within the first like ten episodes or something. There's got to be a stat out there about how many. There episodes. is. Yeah. And I wonder those why are probably why people that, that do it for non. Money. Yeah, they do it for money. Like, why do things fail? Because they're doing it for money. Right, like yeah. oh like because if you if you have enough money to like and it's not taking enough time like an hour a day like Rui and i like we look so forward to this because we could just yeah. be ourselves we could talk to some amazing people like and we're like this is like the highlight like we grab our coffee or like it's like it's just us you know and yeah, um and this will go on indefinitely you know knock on wood because i love this pod um because we love doing it and it's not work it's yeah. like so what would what would, you know start in a place where you're loving the journey, not the mm -hmm. destination. Um, yeah. And just, it, you know, every day it was like, um, I, I, I quit skateboarding as a kid because I was a focus on sponsors and getting better in magazines and stuff. I was like, this is just awful. I hate it. Um, mm -hmm. And then I got back into it as an adult and far surpassed my skill level as a kid that was sponsored. Uh, granted, there's no sponsor. I, I'm not seeking that. I don't want that. I don't like, I might actively, you know, if that ever, I probably wouldn't, unless I could give it back to someone else, like as a weird way of like yeah. uh, deflecting, um, you know, considering that situation. But like, I just, I don't, when I skate, I don't even have a goal. I'm like, I'm going to ride around, whatever happens, happens. But the kids are, because they're focused on getting good. They get hyper fixated on a certain maneuver and they bear down and get tunnel vision. And because that's very tight and constrictive, like both in cardiovascular wise for the cortisol and um the certain mechanical movements of your body for that particular maneuver which aren't counterbalanced with the antagonist of those movements meaning that like the left side of their body is going to get really tired fast from that trick they end up hurting themselves and spraining their ankles and not hydrating it and that hyper fixation of wanting or i call it like skate greed when they're like i want to learn i want to get better right I'm like, or I want this I'm five like, second YouTube clip to be successful. So yes. I'm do it 500 yeah. takes. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I just skate around. If there's an obstacle in the way, I'll just, maybe I'll do something. And I'm just having fun, man. It's just like headphones on. I'm like, I'm just, it is literally bliss. Uh, no, no goals, no intention. And like, yeah, it's, it's, it's super good. Like the, um, the journey part is really important. Uh, do you mm -hmm. love this moment? I love this moment. I'm so happy that Chris came on and, you know, Ruby and like, this is a highlight of, and we, we got sad a little bit because we weren't able to do it for a couple of weeks because, you know, uh, schedules and all that stuff. Um, right now we have like six episodes that haven't been uploaded. Um, so a little bit backlogged, but it, it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. It's right. just this interaction. Like we can post it, post it. It'll be out. None of that stuff matters. It Absolutely. really matters that, we love the time and the journey and the yeah but, yeah, but listen, it's not to say that, listen, five years from now, there could be an opportunity where you guys are doing this professionally, where you're going to have more of a structure around what you do. You're going to build better systems or tighter systems to make sure, right. all right, we're going to have this episode on Tuesday, this on Thursday, this one on Friday. And there's some 
elite level podcasters out there, it's their job and they do a wonderful thing and they add a lot of value to the world because they mm-hmm. have a bigger platform. You know, this, yeah. like even for your podcast, my podcast, it doesn't matter. Like it can, it can morph into something else. It can just become, it's, it can just continue to grow. It can just mm-hmm. continue to be a passion project. And you build a yeah. small tribe of people. Like not everything has to be this globe spanning thing, right? We have what, mm-hmm. 4,000 television channels as opposed to the four when our grandparents were alive or yeah. in my case alive, but in many cases, like when they were the forties and fifties, what was it? Four channels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to like, uh, you had to do this thing and you had to get up, right. There's no yeah. control. And then you got to slap but, it on the side and it is good then. But there was a collective, like, all right, they, like, there's a lot of gatekeepers, things like that. So we live in this new era, this new culture where I think we have to all get comfortable with like, you might, your, your return on investment is not that you're not going to be the next JK Rowling, right. That gets lucky with the Harry, oh, Harry, lucky. I mean, with Harry Potter, because it's cultural phenomenon. You just never know your viral video, right. but mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a kid, I had a kid come up to me last week that got my book and read it and said, Hey, I love this book so much. How do you like, was so passionate about it. I'm like, wow, like, cool. I really influenced it. Kid knew nothing about hockey. And now all of a sudden is looking into hockey history. Like, wow, like my love letter to hockey that I wrote for nine-year-old me got to get this kid excited about the sport that's given me so much joy in my life. And that, mm-hmm. that was better. You could have given me a thousand dollar check to buy my books. It, that kid's interaction meant more to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. If someone wants to give me a thousand dollars for the books, I'm happy to do it. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make in that terms clear. Of like the actual like <laughs> human, like the yeah. return, like it gave me so much fuel. And honestly, at the time, I kind of really needed it because I, I was in a creative rut. Right? There was a multi month mm-hmm. process of getting from like editing the last book, starting the agent pitch to starting this one was like the biggest gap I've ever had, and it sucked. Mm-hmm. Now, passion projects are key, man. They're mm-hmm. so they're so important. But even for, for our our mental well-being right we need that create creative outlet to kind of fall back on can't just once it becomes a job this podcast once it becomes a job we'll have a sidecast talking about like video yeah. games and stuff right yeah we'll need that okay creative. we gotta like uh, i wonder <laughs> if that point that if everything gets popular because we have to like not cater to capitalism in s- such a way because it's mm-hmm. the dominant whatever we have so like maybe if it becomes naturally organically grows as something that comes something you don't like you sell it at that point maybe that's like right. a good out you're like oh that pod like it it got way too popular i sold that like and then you take that money to do like the side stuff you love no. maybe that's <laughs> like it an, all the time a, yeah, yeah exactly yeah oh it, it got popular uh i didn't want to do it that's why okay um yeah, I mean, absolutely. But you know what? If it if it ever does get popular and becomes a job that's perfectly fine i'd rather be doing this than uh you know yeah, mining coal or whatever, whatever yeah. I do for a living. Yeah, <laughs> maybe <laughs> with like an RTX getting Ethereum mining that, but oh, right. probably but not. I think coal. I think it's like I, Rui, it's a great point though. I think that there's it, we we talked a lot about the creative side of things, but I think even in our day jobs, like there is a certain amount of what any of us, most of us do with our day to day that's not sexy. Mm-hmm. That's just it can seem rote, it can seem mundane. Right. I think you have to find the value. I think you can you can change your mindset. Like it may be looking over a longer time scale. It might be looking at the impact you're having on people that maybe is three or four steps down the chain of what you're doing. Right? You might just right. be one part of an assembly line of a product, but it might be mm-hmm. a product that actually is doing good in the world. It might be right. something like, "Wow, I, let me get up over over the wall and see what's actually mm-hmm. happening here." It might be bad. Like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm not really adding value, but I, it doesn't align with my value. So you're making changes based on that. Yeah, but that's a good point. Yeah, 
you know, these ideas, you might, ha- you might say, you know what, like, I'm feeling stuck with my job and my career. I have an idea that I can change that, whether it be a person, like I change my role, or mm-hmm. I can maybe change the direction of the company in a small little way to maybe reorient it back onto a path that's going to lead to greater good. Right. Um, or more profit, if that's your motivator. Mm-hmm. So I think that mentality of finding the joy or finding the meaning behind what you're doing can really help a lot of people because like it doesn't not every job not every project has to be this undying passion Mm -hmm. yeah it can be good enough right right hey like this job doesn't fill my soul but it puts food on my table and a roof over my head and i have Mm -hmm. a i have a good enough life that it enables me to go skateboarding for two hours every day or so i keep going back to skateboarding but like i get to you know i could i could funnel a little bit of the money i make from this day job into funding a self-published novel that gets on and you never know where that's going to go Mm -hmm. yeah it's like you're investing in yourself at that point yes i love that so i i think it's telling people don't don't think of it in these grand scheme projects but i think the little day-to-day stuff is actually where a lot of people get like goes back to what we said before about like what might stop you from doing these things i think it's, Mm -hmm. it's that feeling like you're in that kind of rut or or there's not Finding joy in the mundane sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. That's a that's a good um good um last thought or uh final message. Find the good in the mundane. I like it. Yeah. And it's a good takeaway. Your happiness <laughs> probably over all else. And as long as it's not putting people at a financial honestly, you have to like counterbalance the uh harm effect, but your happiness should be your primary concern. It does bleed over into every area of your life. People, mm-hmm. when you're working with them, can tell that, oh, man, he's really unhappy. He's producing great work, but he's he's there's something going on. Like, so happiness is core to, you know. Well, happiness everything. goes around you too, right? It, it's yeah. it's making sure that what your, your goals are. Like, yeah, maybe it takes two years to create this project where the actual time it takes is maybe a thousand hours, right? You can mm-hmm. get that done in a couple of months if you really – put everything into it but then if you're you know your kids have a shower in three weeks <laughs> dc oh i yeah. guess here in the states right we have a you know department of you know children and families like we're getting arrested now <laughs> like it's gonna put yeah. so you have yeah. to find a balance that makes sense too for where you are in life right. yeah but, but that those are resources yeah it goes back to the time thing we talked about yeah and if you put too much time into one category everything suffers so the balance is good um you know like sleep versus like all things else like did you i I think i told you ruby but did i tell you chris that like there's like a i think i heard it on andrew huberman podcast where he said that if you're not moving to a different uh position not position as in standing and sitting but if you're not going upstairs uh for a walk into different like settings sceneries and stuff like uh human beings go into um preservation as opposed to growth so like I just went to Starbucks the other day. I was like, I'm loving it. I'm in flow quick. And I'm like, I'm moving around, not like a scatterbrained like thing, but just, okay, it's been, you know, three hours. Let's change the background and let, let's go uh, work outside or let's just, you know. I, that, well, yeah. No, sorry, not to cut you off. I mean, environment plays a huge role here. I know we're trying to wrap up here, but yeah, yeah, I yeah. love to go on this little tangent, right? Like yeah. there. Uh, 
there's this great book. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the links you put in the show notes, but yeah. it's called The Extended Mind. And it really talks about how like you can people have built spaces for certain types of thoughts or actions or tasks or, or creation. Again, both creative and, and for actually getting things done, like the whole off, open office plan, right? Like how it's kind of an abject failure in a lot of ways. Like there's a lot of what people thought was good, but the actual proof is in the pudding. Like, so giving yourself different kinds of spaces and context is a reason the man cave BS, right? Like yeah. there's a reason why we might want to like be in a certain space to do a certain type of work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're getting stuck or not feeling the, the creative mojo or, you might be at a, I go back to skateboarding, right? Like certain parks might not have a scene where you feel like you can, you're, you're having fun, but it might yep. be going back to a dark alley where you got like a, you mm-hmm. know, a curb you can grind or something. Yeah, exactly. I haven't yeah. skateboarded since in college. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like find what, find the joy in it for you, but it can be environmental too. And it might just be a matter of getting up right. and going to Starbucks and doing that project and having a space that's dedicated. Yeah. And if you're stuck and you have that tunnel vision, um, best thing you can do I found is don't work on it. Like go for a walk. It's mm-hmm. so easy, Rui, to get into that uh, bear down t- tight. Absolutely. I'm going to work yeah. on it till I, I, I produce that. But like if you're stuck on something, you just got to like let it go and you go for a walk and then you'd be walking and you'd be like, I'm so happy I'm not doing that. And you're like, oh my God, I got it. It's that right. space that just makes everything like it's hard to do and easy to say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We would love to have you back because uh, there's so many different ideas to pick your brain about. Um, and Chris, his podcast is Chris will, Chris will, Chris will, Chris will deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. And it's on all different podcasting platforms. And um, thank you so much and appreciate it. Rui, thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome.